Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, Leslie Unger. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on this podcast. Well, it's my pleasure. You're a longtime client, and it's great to see you. You have a new book out, but why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and tell them a little bit about yourself and your journey? Thank you. I'm Leslie Unger. The name of my business is Electric Impulse Communications. Now, the reason I say that is Electric Impulse makes people think I'm an electric company. And for 20 years, I have gotten a call once a week if I wanted to bid on an electric deal. (laughs) Electric Impulse was the name of a horse, a big white Arabian stallion that I showed for many years. I showed Arabians on the national level. Um, When I stopped showing and I started coaching, I'm an executive coach. I coach, I speak, I write speeches. Those are the three things pre-COVID that I did. Um, When I started coaching one-on-one, and I coach one-on-one, I started coaching because that's how I learn best. And I learned that from riding and showing horses, that I needed one-on-one instruction. And I need that for everything. If I learn a new computer, um, if I take a class, I need to sit in the front row and make it as one-on-one as possible. So I started coaching for all different aspects of communication. I call it a communication wheel, and there are different spokes. So I may be coaching for, quote, public speaking. Um, I say, quote, because all speaking is public today, even, you know, on the Internet it is public. Um, We used to say public speaking was speaking outside the front doors, but now it's actually behind your front doors Mm -hmm. also. It can be for networking. It can be for um, how to conduct a meeting, how to participate in a meeting, uh, a radio, a TV interview. They're all different spokes. Um, But I coach one-on-one because I learned that that's how I learn best. Well, when I started coaching, I started using examples from horse shows, and I started applying them to how do you identify your value, how do you communicate your value, and how do you protect your value. Out of that grew this idea of a day using horses to teach people about their communication and leadership skills. And out of that day called Horse Talk Lessons and Leadership came the book. Very interesting. So how do you carry that analogy over? Do you uh, have chapter titles that relate back to horse themes in some way? In the book? In the book. In the book, well, after, when I started doing horse talk, and um, one of, um, I don't have a lot of gifts. I can't play the piano. I can't do a lot of things. I have two gifts that I I can actually identify. One gift is that I can write a speech for you that sounds like you only better. It doesn't sound like me. It doesn't sound like Martin Luther King. I have the gift of being able to Write a speech that sounds like you, only better. The other gift I have is that when I watch people with horses, I can so clearly see what they are doing effectively or not effectively that translates to their life outside of the pasture. 
So to me, this day, it's not about horses. It's about taking the lesson and how does that apply outside of the pasture? And to me, that is so clear. And sometimes people will say, well, I don't see that. Well, I see it crystal clear. Can you give us an example? Yes. Um, I had a client when at horse talk, it's a small group of people, about six to eight people. Um, usually they don't, they don't know each other unless it's a company that sends all people from one company. Sometimes the people, I have never met them before in my life, and they come to do horse talk. Sometimes they're coaching clients that I know and I will continue to work with. Well, one particular day, um, Nancy, who was uh, a managing partner of a financial uh, wealth management company, was doing horse talk, and she was a client of mine. And in the afternoon, there are group challenges and there are individual challenges. And it was a group challenge to build an obstacle course and get the horse through the obstacle course without touching the horse. Couldn't leave the horse in any way, okay? And in the afternoon, I see her kind of just separate from the rest of the, quote, team, her team that day of, of eight people. And she didn't contribute. And I pulled her aside and I said, you know, Nancy, you're going to need to stay engaged. And she said, well, it's just because I don't know anything about horses. I don't have anything to add. Well, see, I so believe that how you are at horse talk is how you are in life. How you are in the pasture is how you are in life. I don't think there's any difference. Well, she was a client, so I didn't say anything more because I was going to be seeing her at coaching sessions. A couple weeks later, she calls me from New York City. She's having a meeting at a table with three CEOs whom she represents. They take a break. One of them leans over and says to her, Nancy, you're going to need to stay engaged. Now, are you going to tell me that how you are at Horse Talk is not how you are? So she needs to be very purposeful, even if she needs a timeout, even if she thinks she can't contribute she needs to learn for her visual, at least, to still say she's engaged. Fantastic. It's not on her vocal. She needs to be purposeful on looking like she is engaged. Sometimes we need to sound like we're engaged. You know, I had a CEO who was a client. He would stop in at meetings. He wouldn't go to the meeting, the whole meeting. He would stop in, he would ask three questions, and he would leave. So he was engaged. You had observable, measurable evidence that he was there and that he had said something and then he would leave. Um, so that's a way of being engaged. You don't have to be there the whole time. I had a superintendent. When she became superintendent. Let, let, let's, let's stop there, Leslie. I know yes. we can go to other examples as well. Okay. I just want to stop you there for, for two points. Number one, we're not using the video here, but if anyone looked at the video of us on Zoom, our eyes both popped out exactly the same time <laughs> when that executive <laughs> leaned over. I thought that was very, very, very interesting and one of those visuals that folks at home can't see. Um, but let's take that story, which is a wonderful story. How do you take that story that you told so well and put it into mm-hmm. words in a book? So um, when I started doing the Horse Talk program, and the lessons became so clear to me that they weren't as clear to, to the participants. After the day, um, I, would, I would ask them to write down lessons they learned. I would write down lessons I observed. And I would compile them and I would send them out to the participants. 
Sometimes there'd be 60 lessons, 100 lessons, 120 lessons. So I took those lessons over the years. Sometimes it was the same lesson at a different horse talk, sometimes a new lesson. I took those lessons. When I started the book, I honestly thought I was going to do 50 lessons. And then it became 65 lessons and it became 75. And then I said, okay, I'll just go for 100, right? Mm -hmm. I took 100 of those lessons that I had accumulated over the years and I broke them in each lesson into four parts. Because truly, I would have liked to have just said, the title of the lesson, let's say, is to risk negative consequences. So I could just say risk negative consequences and be done. But I broke it into four parts. So there's the story, which gives the background. There's the insights. There's the lessons, life and business lessons from that. And then your call to action, what you can do with that lesson. So it's not just an academic lesson, but something that you can actually do. So every lesson is broken into four parts. And, um, you know, each part might be a paragraph. It might be two paragraphs. It just depends on. Um, you know, how deep I want to go into that lesson. Very cool. Very instructive. I had another interview subject uh, for my podcast series who did something similar with leadership. He was a POW and he used, he started each chapter off with an incident that happened in the POW camps, which were harrowing, you know, very well written, but wow. harrowing. And then he related that, you know, resilience or integrity or trust with the mm -hmm. team. And then he'd show that, how that related to uh, the, the workplace and then you would have an exercise and such like that. So uh, I love how you're doing this, similar but different. So it gives our listeners more ideas on how they can take their stories and turn them into action. Um, yes, you know, it, there's different styles of coaches. Um, I am not the hands-off coach that just gives, say, the lesson and lets you figure it out. I'm more of the coach that will cram it down you in every way I can to make sure. So like the 100 lessons, the book is actually 176 pages because, you know, it comes out to about a page and a half a lesson. I want to give you as much information so that um, you can have every advantage in trying to take that lesson and figure out how to apply it. Do you beta test the, this idea at all and the, the lessons to, to get people's feedback and how they relate I to did it? not. Mm -hmm. I did not other than, um, you know, I've done horse talk for probably somewhere around 12 years um, before I did the book. So I had the participants from all of the horse, the actual horse talk groups and the lessons. Um, as I said in the beginning, um, for most of the years, they contributed to the lessons. So these were not just the lessons that I saw, but the lessons that they learned also. So they kind of like were my test audience. Very good. Um, and how has the book helped you with marketing? I know you've written other books as well. How do you use books to get more clients? Well, you know, because my book came out the first week of March, um, I would say that, that things have, are a little bit different in a COVID world. Um, but the way that I would like to use it is that for people thinking of coming to Horse Talk or let's say a company thinking of sending people to the, the actual program, um, that this will help them understand it better. You know, I have 
a section on my website about it, electricimpulse.com. I have video of it. I have testimonials about it. But the book is something else, I think, that gives it credibility that, you know, it makes it a, perhaps a more solid program for some people to, um, whether they have the book, you know, on Kindle or they actually have the paper book, that, that perhaps it gives it more credibility if you're thinking about sending people to a day-long program or a team of people to a day-long program. Um, I've also used it to give to each participant at the end of the day so that in addition to the lessons I believe they've gotten, I can actually then look in the honest mirror and say they've actually gotten those hundred lessons. I don't have to hope they remember something from the day. They're actually getting something substantial from it to help them remember. Perfect. And is the name of the book the same as the name of your retreat or program? Yes, it is. Horse Talk Lessons in Leadership. The difference for the book is that it's lessons in leadership for entrepreneurs, executives, and everyone in between. But the name of the program is Horse Talk Lessons in Leadership. So it's a consistent branding throughout from the book to the course, whatever. How else are you promoting that course? I mean, that, that is, I've never heard of anyone do any, anything like this before. So it's so unique. How did you think of that idea? That's really clever. You know, it, when it started, it was just when I was coaching clients one-on-one, I would use an example, usually from the horse show ring, and to make a point with a client. You know, like in the horse show, there's a saying in a horse show, if you picture, you know, a big arena or a stadium or whatever, the ring may be pretty big, but there's a saying in the horse show world that you only have to be good for 15 feet. And that means the 15 feet the judge is looking at you. But what it actually means, when you go to nationals, you have five judges in the ring. And they are all looking at a different side of the ring. So what it really means is that you've got to be good all the way around. Because you don't know when someone is looking at you. But it's easier, especially in the beginning, to tell yourself, I only have to be good for 15 feet. Than to say, I have to be good going all the way around you know, the ring or all the way around the stadium. Well, it's the same thing in leadership. You know, you have, someone is watching you all the time. You can't just say that, well, I, I, I left the podium, so now I can, you know, smoke a cigarette or I can do whatever. The potential is that someone is watching you at all times. And there's no such thing as little things or big things, not in the horse show ring and not in life. So someone can't say, well, that was a little thing that they saw me do that might not be little to that judge or that person that saw it. So I would start with examples like that, and people it seemed to resonate with people, and I could connect with people. And so um, I started using that more, and then I came up with this idea. I'm not a believer of putting people that don't know horses to put them riding horses, but this is all groundwork around horses using horses. And um, because they're, a horse is a four-legged honest mirror. I call coaching an honest mirror, okay? Someone could say, well, I'm, I've improved as a speaker. Well, how do you know? I'm your honest mirror if you've improved. Well, a horse is an honest mirror because they're bred to be able to identify leadership. Hmm. They have to be able to identify the right horse in the wild to be the leader of the herd. Or they could follow a horse off a cliff. And so they can identify leadership. So I will tell people, you know, my comments to you as a participant 
are what the horse is telling me about you. I'm not just making this up. The horse, and you know, a lot of times the horse tells me you're a leader when you think you're not a leader. I've had people say they're, they're not a leader. And I said, well, horse is telling me a little bit differently. But they've convinced themselves they're not a leader. I had a guy that was a West Point graduate, um, MBA. This was probably 10 or 12 years ago before everyone in the world had their MBA. Um, he was senior vice president, and he was, he was kind of anointed, anointed to be the, the next CEO. He, couldn't lead, he could not lead a horse in a circle. Hmm. Couldn't. I went back to the CEO, and I said, you know, Mike is a great guy. He is a great guy. I would give him the keys to my house and go away for a month, and I wouldn't worry. But he's not a leader. Not because I say so, but because the horse told me. So is your coaching at, at, at the horse center, do you teach him to become a leader, or does that happen afterwards in the your one-on-one it's, it's both. At, at the horse day, I can make them aware of things. How, what, what they want to do with the follow-up is up to them. Mm-hmm. But I can begin to make them aware. Okay. Cool. That's very interesting. I, I want them to have things they can take with them. Like um, one of the lessons is you have to keep your hip bones facing the horse. Okay. Well, now think about it. How often does someone come and ask you a question? You're on your laptop or you're on your computer. They come and ask you a question. Where are your hip bones facing, the human or the computer? They're facing go. the computer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Wait. Comes and and, and and asks for our order, and our hip bones are, are not even facing her or him. So that's a lesson that they can learn, that they can take, mm-hmm. and they start um, implementing it. Because if you want to be a leader and have people follow you, your hip bones better be facing them, or they're not going to be following you. So, so this is a gift. This is fascinating. How did you discover this gift? No, to me. I just see it very clearly, and um, and I would realize as I would point things out, and people would say, "Well, you know, you see that, but it's you know, I don't see that." Um, like I can look at I can look at clothes, and I can tell you what you should be wearing. I cannot do that with walls or interior decorating, but I can do that with with clothes. So you know, I just would hear people saying, well, you know, I don't see, I, you know, I see that when you point that out, but I couldn't see that. So I listen and realize that, you know, this is something that I saw that was not as apparent to everyone else. Plus, you know, I've been around horses for most of my life. I showed horses for 25 years. I have a healthy respect for them, but I'm not scared of them. Mm-hmm. I put people around horses you know, there's a, they're a little bit scared. So, you know, I one of the lessons is when adrenaline goes up, learning goes down. So they're not going to be as, as it's not as easy for them to learn that day because their adrenaline is higher. Um, you know, they're in a new situation with new people and these, you know, 4,000 pounds of horses running around them. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're not quite in that same place that they can learn, which is why I feel I need to point out to them so that they have the option of embracing that or not. Great. Uh, fascinating. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the whole process of writing the book and such like that. How did you co- collect your hundred or so ideas? Did you, co- did you start with the idea that I'm going to write a book, I'll start uh, noting these, or did you start writing blogs, or how did that whole process what, happen? No, when, well, the good and bad news was that after each horse talk, you know, I believe um, 
you know, and I, I kind of mentioned that, that it's, I think it's all of our jobs to correctly identify our value, communicate our value, and take steps to protect our value. So in communicating value and wanting to protect value, I send participants things before the horse talk. So they've gotten things before the horse talk. There's the horse talk day, and then I like to do something afterwards. So I would send them the lessons afterwards, but they were every, every lesson was just one line. So when I decided to do the book, I thought, well, you know, I will just compile. I have 10 or 12 years of lessons. I will just compile these lessons. What I didn't realize was that it was one line for all the participants, but one line was not going to help anybody in a book. If I say, you know, lesson number 84, you know, keep your hip bones facing the horse, no one knows what that means. I have to explain it. So that's when, um, you know, I decided to, to break each lesson down into four parts. And so in some ways, it was like writing 400 lessons, not 100 <laughs> lessons, because everyone had four parts. But I wanted them background to, to understand how it applied to life outside of the pasture. I wanted them to clearly know how they could implement it if they wanted to. Well, as we wrap up here, Leslie, uh, can you tell us who your perfect client is and how they can get in touch with you? Thank you. Um, my website is electricimpulse.com. Uh, my email, Leslie, at electricimpulse.com. And um, my, my cell phone is 330-607-5730, which anyone is welcome to text me or call. Um, my perfect client is someone, and I think my youngest client was 14 years old. <laughs> my oldest client was a retired CFO who still wanted to get better um, at whatever you know age he was. My perfect client is someone that is open and sees all feedback as gold, as I do, and sees that even though they are successful, there is another level of excellence that they can attain and that they understand that that is through their communication, um, whether it is through their presence, whether it is through any of the spokes of communication, that it is through communication and how they communicate their value that they will get to their next level of excellence. Thank you, Leslie. That was fascinating. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a highlight. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.